Welcome to Fantasy Zone. Get in the zone and get your fantasy fix with Fantasy Zone. Fantasy Zone podcast begins now. You want to know something, Josh? What is it? No one else knows this is our second time recording this, except for us. Yeah, we uh, we lost her. We, uh, we tried this once and we lost everything. So this is round two. Sadly. <laughs> We're going to get it right this time. It's going to be better this time. Let me tell you what Fantasy Zone is going to be about, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy Zone is going to be, hopefully weekly, depending on how lazy we are, but we're going to try and pump out fantasy fantasy news. Maybe maybe five times a week. Maybe five, maybe 25 <laughs> times a week. 25 five a day. 24-7, mean 24 episodes, seven days a week. But we're going to pump out fantasy football news, um, and we are going to do our best to help you win your fantasy league. And it starts with this season coming up. We're in the preseason. Today is... August 12th. Josh, how you feeling about this year? How are you feeling about your league? I'm uh, feeling pretty good. I uh, just had our draft uh, a couple days ago. and uh, uh, So much has changed since then. Can you imagine what would have happened if we had our draft today as opposed to it, years ago? It's a world of difference. And, and uh, I think that's only because of two main guys of why this is going to change. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to uh, doing this podcast with you, man, and uh, being able to help some people out there win their leagues because we know how important it is to stay in the uh, stay in the zone, literally, as far as fantasy, fantasy goes. The fantasy zone. The fantasy zone. And uh, because if you're not in the zone, then you know you're not going to win. You're not going to uh, make your friends embarrassed by how bad you beat them every week, and it's just not going to happen. So. You know, if you, if you want to be in the know, in the zone, you got to listen to the fantasy. You got to listen to fantasy zone. This is I mean, shameless plug, but still, it's it's you got to be in the zone. And for starters, we're gonna start with the great, or not great. This is very sad news, but Ezekiel Elliott, as of right now, uh, is suspended for six games. Six games. Wow. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not four. Not five. But six. But six. And do we know when the Cowboys have their bye? Actually, I want to make sure we understand. Let's figure that out. But that bye week is somewhere around that suspension, and uh, which it's means Zeke could not it's be playing be... for you until week eight of the fantasy season. So uh, that's definitely something you have to play into. Looks like week one versus L.A., week two versus the Colts. Your bye week is week six. So week seven, right? Uh, week eight. Yeah, week eight. So, week, week six is thereby. So he's yeah. going to have one, two, three, yeah. four, five. And wow, six, you're not going to get eight. Zeke back to week eight of the regular season. Now, we did some research, and apparently Zeke has three days to appeal his Business suspension. Days. And he has three days to appeal his suspension. And we're already in day two right now, so he should be appealing within the next two days he is expected to. I would. Bowers him, and yes. then within ten business, there's days, already talk that he is appealing. As far as what he's gonna like, what he's gonna say is unknown, but we do know he's going to appeal in the next three days or next and two days. Within the NFL has to hold a hearing within ten business days after the appeal. After out. the appeal, so if you're drafting within the next two weeks, what do you take, Zeke? It's it's just so hard to say this because it's Ezekiel Elliott, but. I'm talking four or five. What we were talking about on four this episode Brian. before we lost all of our recording and had to re- do this again, uh, we were discussing how it kind of all depends and boils down to what league you're in, what type of league you're in. If you've got a league where you know it's a 10-team league and you've got eight people making the playoffs and only two don't make the playoffs, you can afford to have Zeke sit on your bench for most of the year, and he's going to be a huge game-changer when he returns. So... I'd be definitely okay with taking Zeke in the fourth round. 
or even the third round. I can see someone reaching for him in the second round being, you know what, I'm going to get Zeke in the second round, I'm going to get Darren McFadden in the sixth or seventh round, and I'm going to just ride it out for six games. Top eight make the playoffs, and I want Zeke and my, on my team when the playoffs come around. I can see that happening. But if we're assuming the six-game suspension stage, and you're in a league where only the top four or top six even only make the playoffs out of a 10- or a 12-team league, I, I'm not taking Zeke till the sixth, seventh round. Yeah, because you just can't risk that because you're having, you're, a, guy you're like having a guy in your bench that is so good, but is really only going to get playing time um, less than half of the season for fantasy. And um, and that's different for most people. Most people take different perspectives on that, and they think it's worth it. But I, I think six games, you're not getting him back to week eight. Like we said, the bye week is week six. Uh, man, that's that really is not it's rough. ideal at all. So what do we think about uh, that see, suspension well, I mean, being? When, when Zeke comes, I mean, let's, so let's let's look at when Zeke comes back. Uh, week nine, the uh, Cowboys week face eight. off against Kansas City. Maybe week oh, eight. Oh yeah, week nine, week eight, week eight, the comeback face off. They're at Washington. Week nine at Kansas City. Week ten at Atlanta. Week eleven Philadelphia. Then L.A. Then Washington. Then New York. I I do see a lot of attractive. You're facing a lot of attractive run defenses here, um, especially week twelve. I think that. Matchup versus the Chargers should be a pretty decent one as far as run defense goes. But I mean, there's no denying that O line is fantastic, um, and so that leaves us as of right now. We're going to assume that that six game suspension stays, and we can update on if it goes down. Obviously, he's going to move again in our rankings if he goes down. But They're as def- of right now, I would say six, seven round is the target. For but him. as we were saying, is that this could be a reduction after the appeal? We could see the reduction go to three games, four games. It's not likely, but that's what the purpose of the appeal is, is to um, get that suspension reduced. And so we may see that. And if someone loves Zeke enough to gamble on that, if your draft is before the news of any reduction or staying the same, you could risk drafting him earlier than the fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, But you have to know that six games is really going to be a detriment to your season if you draft him early and he waits on the bench for eight weeks, and then you have to make a four-team playoff. It's just not going to happen. I'm, I mean, so it's not going to happen. So ADP, I think at this point, depends on what kind of a league you're in, um, and I think we can kind of move on from there. But right now, uh, the man that everyone's talking about is Darren McFadden. Do we really think that he can live up to his hype coming in as a backup? Well, looking at his numbers from 2015, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry, scored only three touchdowns. Remember 2015 was all that drama with Joseph yep. Randall. Darren McFadden stepped in. This, is, this isn't the first time this has happened. This has happened before. 2015, Darren McFadden, 4.5 yards per carry, only three touchdowns. He had 239 attempts, which is a very healthy amount of work for a running back. Great. Uh, and hoping, I don't know how many attempts he'll be able to get in that you know six-game suspension time span, but time frame. Uh, and then in 2016, Darren McFadden's yards per carry, he was playing back up to Zeke, went down to 3.6. Uh, so he was going down almost about a one one yard per carry. And in 2016, the same year where Darren McFadden averaged 3.6, Zeke had 5.1 yards per carry. Yeah, and I mean, you have to think too is that in 2015 when d was the guy, you have to think of D-Mac's mindset of, I'm, I'm the guy, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to play every game, I played 16 games, and uh, I'm going to be the guy and no one's going to take my spot unless I just really suck it up. 
And so you, with that confidence, you, you might run a little bit better getting that 4.5 yards of carry that it did in 2015 opposed to playing Whereas behind a guy. six games and then Z comes back. No, even last game. year, though, is like he's playing behind somebody and he's got to just come in on third down. Like, that's not the best time to get a carry. Or whenever he came in, you know, right. you're playing I behind somebody. You're, you're not consistently getting the ball. Gotcha. So as far as – so we think that last year's yards per carry could be a little bit – Skewed. You know, skewed, just because he wasn't the guy. So last time Darren McFadden was the guy, you know, he did have 239 attempts, and he did get 4.5 yards per carry. And then the year after that, Zeke averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Now, the Cowboys' offensive line is one Insane. of the greatest in the NFL. Uh, right now, 2.21 yards before contact for the Cowboys in 2016. I mean, I, 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 fourth best in the NFL. I think I could run behind that line. No, I think you could. I think I could get two yards a carry. I think you'd be fine. Yeah. I think so. I think fine. My my sister probably could do it too. No, yeah, she, probably. No, no, Maybe she could. Are you sure? No, not She's my pretty sister. Pretty powerful. No, not my sister. I take okay. it back. Okay. But everybody else, I think probably could. Yeah. So, but basically, what we're saying here is that Darren McFadden, I I see him as interesting flex appeal right now because you're only getting him for six games, you know, and then there's no without a doubt when Zeke comes back, it's not like Darren McFadden's going to take the starting job. Yeah. No. You know, that's no. not going to happen. So yeah. we're, we're we're basically saying Darren McFadden's a solid flex for six games, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we also have to talk about that Hillman and Morris are still there. The Cowboys so. did add Ronnie Hillman this summer, and I think that they knew this was coming, honestly. Yeah, they knew. As soon as they always know. Yeah. As soon as they added Hillman, there was speculation that this suspension was going to be longer, but, you know, that I think that that's, that's what they were doing. They were adding Hillman, and they also have Alfred Morris back there. So it's not like Darren McFadden is the only guy. I'm sure that there's a potential timeshare in here. Something else could happen, so... And, and as far as Dak and Zeke go, I don't I don't believe there's any effect with those. Dak players. and Dez. Dak and Dez, sorry. Um, uh, not Zeke. You know, there's a huge impact on Zeke. He's six games. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, you know, and going back to DMAC and the committee and possibly having committee and then uh, also Zeke just in general is that the O line, talking about the Cowboys O line, is that they uh, only, I mean, it's 2.16 yards per four contact back there. Right. I mean, you can run two yards before you even get touched <laughs> with that line, which was, what, fourth in the that NFL was last, last year. year? Yep. So, I mean, any one of these running backs is going to be solid behind that line, and whether it's a committee or DMAC, that's what we have I to I would say, out. so if you have not drafted yet, if you have not yet drafted, go ahead and try and target Zeke depending on what your league rule is and how many teams make the playoffs. If less and less teams make the playoffs – push Zeke further down your lineup. If more teams make the playoffs, I'm okay with you taking Zeke whenever you feel is right and whenever you feel comfortable because he's going to be a beast come playoff time if you are fine with having him on your bench that long. Um, I think that's pretty much it for Ezekiel Elliott. I can't think of anything else for us to talk about. Darren McFadden, as far as ADP, view him as a flex, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. For... For the first At six max. games, flex. I, I don't see him coming in and being a RB two this year. Maybe he surprises me, but the only reason I say that Doubt is because it. in 2015 he only scored three touchdowns. Yes, are, are we correct on that? Yes, three I'm touchdowns. Thinking. And in 2016, Ezekiel Elliott, with all his full season, had 15 touchdowns. So it, it, it's it's just a no brainer. And so. Having Darren McFadden back there, he's uh, flex at max for me. I mean, I think the no, committee thing kind of scares me. Um, but, um, I mean, yeah, Darren McFadden, what? 
he did have three touchdowns in 2015. Yeah, that's what I'm yep. trying to check on that right now. Yep, three I, touchdowns. I believe that that's what we're so, seeing here. He, um, the, the uptick on Dez and Dak. Uh, if we're saying that the effect could be minimal on Dez and Dak, and if there is an effect, it's going to be positive. Yes. Correct? Yeah, if there is any impact at all, it's going to be positive. But I honestly, I wouldn't mess with them too much. I don't think there's going to be any impact as far as ADP for them goes and as far as the impact on them goes. You can maybe argue that they get a little bit of an uptick, maybe relying more on the pass. Because defenses are still going to have to respect the run. The Cowboys line is too good. Even without Zeke, they're going to have to respect the run. So a, a lean on the pass could help them out. Um, I'm going to keep continue to check on, make sure that we got those, our stats right on Darren McFadden. But for now... Let's continue to move on. The second big piece of news is Sammy Watkins. Has gone to the Rams. Sammy He's Watkins moving to L.A., baby. He's moving to L.A., and Jared, Jared Goff gets a huge upgrade. Oh, uh, he's huge. He's a QB1 at this point. Jared Goff is really He could exciting. be a QB1. I mean, let's... I might take one Tom Brady. <laughs> if you drafted Jared Goff, man, you're just... You're really you're, excited. You're like swimming in the money right you're now. You're really man. excited. You've already, you've already won your league. You can sit back and just kind of relax this year. I mean, because... yeah. Jared Goff's about to go off. I mean, this is the kind of thing that really just benefits your team, and you didn't expect this, but it happens. <laughs> I wish we could say that. That's not true. This is terrible news for Sammy Watkins. This is terrible news, in my opinion, for the Bills fans. This is terrible news, in my opinion, for... Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is good for LaShawn McCoy. No. Um, no. And, and obviously, Jared Goff gets an upgrade, but he's no more than a QB4 so yeah, at this point. <laughs> it's... <laughs> There's just no point even talking about it just because it's such a minimal uptick for Jared Goff. I mean, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Even with Sammy um, Watkins there, it's irrelevant. The, the, the <laughs> biggest impact, I would say, obviously goes to, well, not obviously. I think the biggest impact on this whole move is to Todd Gurley just because I think that the Rams are wanting to win and they're wanting to win now. The Bills have made these moves with new general managers on the team. They're trying to get more and more picks in the future, and I believe as of right now... The Bills next season have six picks in the first three rounds. That is correct. So they're obviously making moves to better themselves for the future. They don't care what's happening right now. At least that's how I view it. They're basically um, throwing the white flag. I they're mean, throwing the flag this season. They're going to try and win, obviously, duh. But I think that their focus is more on the future, whereas the Rams want to win. They want to win now. They lost Kenny. Uh, no, yeah, they lost Kenny Britt. And now they do have. Now, they, obviously, they have Sammy Watkins. They have Robert they Woods. They have Robert Woods, who they also got from the Bills. And that's what I think is interesting, too, is Sammy, or Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins have had some chemistry before. They've worked together in the past. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's maybe why, you know, I don't know if the coaching staff respects Robert Woods' opinion, but Woods never was a deep threat. He never was the kind of no. guy they would chuck it to. And now with Sammy Watkins coming in, you know, Robert Woods can go back to the role he's used to playing, where he's used to being the WR2, the guy who's – open in the middle of the field. He, he can go back to doing what he's used to doing, and I, yeah. I think that the coaching staff recognized that and says, let's complete our passing attack. We want to win this year. Yeah, and they needed a passing attack because last year we saw what happened to Todd Gurley when they couldn't Everyone even out was, the game. Everybody was stacking the box. So I think that this is a great trade for the Rams for next season. Uh, the Bills, it's only going to help them down the road. They lost some corners, too, So in these trades. And they they acquired Jordan Matthews. So who? my question is this. Who is Tyrod Taylor going to throw the ball Jordan to? Matthews. No, no, no. Who is Tyrod Taylor going to throw the ball to? You can throw it to, ask, ask me to Zay Jones, the rookie. Okay. Who is Tyrod Taylor going to throw the ball to? He can throw it to Anquan Bolden. 
Wait, wait, wait. Isn't he on a walker? Like, oh, with the tennis balls? I think he's got... No, he's already got checked out of the nursing home, though. Oh, uh, okay. So he's back for this. Yeah, season. he can throw it to he him. He got off the walker. He can throw it to him, then. Okay. No, no. He can't throw it to him. Tyrod Taylor has nobody to throw the ball to. And this to. is really kind of a sad thing to think about, because it is his last... It's his last season in his contract, right? This is yes. his contract He's in year. a contract year. Now, I, you can argue that he can throw to these guys, but none of these guys can compare to Sammy Watkins, who was the clear-cut number one receiver. And how much time is it really going to take for Jordan Matthews to get chemistry with Tyrod and time. for Sammy Watkins to get chemistry with Jared Goff? I mm-hmm. mean, we're only a, week, a month away from the season. These guys got to learn new playbooks. So, as far as fantasy goes... I wouldn't. I mean, you can expect slow starts from these guys with without knowledge of playbook and without. I mean, you're not. Will you see them jump in and get five, six targets a game, or do you think that it's going to be a slow progression into the workload that we hope to see from a WR one or WR two in fantasy? I mean, I don't know. I think it's definitely going to be a slower progression for Jordan Matthews, Anquan Bolden, the Bills receiving core. Um, I mean, I know that guys learn playbooks in like days now let me, so, hey let me remind you now Sammy Kenny, Watkins I don't think he's gonna now, have Kenny problem. Kenny Britt is now moved to the Browns right Correct. so Kenny Britt's moved to the Browns um brings in uh gosh I'm going blank here who's the receiver for Robert Bears? Woods Robert Woods brings in Robert Woods and brings in Sammy Watkins from the Bills to the Rams so they're obviously building up their receiving core there. But now Kenny Britt was the number one for Jared Goff last year. And uh-huh. Jared Goff came in as the starter in week 11. And uh, Kenny Britt's numbers were still continuously impressive when Jared Goff stepped in at week 11. But Kenny Britt last year uh, was the Rams' favorite target, and he had a thousand, a little over 1,000 yards receiving. I'm so, not sure if we can call Kenny Britt's performance impressive once Jared Goff came in, but... Um, he, he, okay. he had a performance. He was so, out there on the field. Jared that's for Goff sure. Came in week eleven. I can't remember if he started that game. Yeah, or he started. If he was, did he actually start that? Yeah, game? Yeah, he started that game. But Kenny Britt. Let's look at Kenny Britt's numbers in standard scoring. This is, this is non PPR scoring for Kenny Britt. Once Robert. Once once Jared Goff took over the starter. Week eleven, forty three yards. Week 12, 52 and a touchdown. Uh, week 13, 67 and a touchdown. Week 14, 82 yards. Week 15, 50 yards. And week 16 versus the 49ers, one reception for 15. So it goes it goes 4 points, 11 points, 12 points, 8 points, 5 points, 1.5 points. So it's a little underwhelming. Where I would throw him, I would say with Jared Goff, Kenny Britt was in like a flex play. Flex. Uh, maybe At w- most. WR2 if you're desperate. Mm, yeah. uh, I, I, but he goes to the Browns and they're obviously wanting to build up their receiving core. They want to throw the ball more. Someone's got to catch the ball. I would say if you're drafting Watkins, or if you've already drafted Watkins, you're going to have to lower his value just a little bit because we don't know what exactly to respect. He's, expect. He's a little more of a risk here. But if you're going into your draft right now, I'd be okay with taking Sammy Watkins in the fifth round. Um, he was normally going in around the fourth or late third, but if you're still a believer and you want to take him in the fourth round, I don't really have a huge problem with that. But personally, I would lower him to five or even six, just because I yeah. think that I, it's it's not as exciting or enticing for me when you're on a bad team. You don't have, I mean, Todd Gurley was getting the box stacked with him, and Lashawn McCoy is just such a playmaker. He was able to get in the situations where you could throw it to. I don't know. I, it's not a good of a team. Not so speaking of Gurley, what does this do for Gurley? I think this improves Gurley. I think they got to respect the pass. And now that just, that just helps mm-hmm. him. I mean, yep. and it's obvious the Rams are going to try and throw the ball more because they're they're getting Robert Woods, they're getting oh, Sam Watkins. Both those guys have chemistry. I hope they can form chemistry with the quarterback, you know, with with Goff as fast as possible. But 
I think this helps Gurley the most as far as impact-wise. I would throw him up my rankings a little bit. Yeah, it's because, just taking the load off his back. But Gurley was already pretty high. Yeah, I just think it shows, it, even more than just taking the load, it shows the Rams' intentions. They want to take the load off his back. So yeah. it shows that they want to get the passing game going, and they want to get it going now. Whereas the Bills are kind of postponing their... They're winning. Right. At least for what it looks like on the surface. Yep. So I think that's that's it for Fantasy Zone today. We're going to wrap up, and we're going to continue to give you more info. Uh, please do want to have... Say yeah. So if you want to reach out to us at Fantasy email, Zone yeah, Podcast, even, even email questions, email questions about your draft or Fantasy email. Zone Podcast at gmail.com. Reach out about your draft, your league, any questions you have, um, any recommendations you have for us. Uh, we're all ears here at Fantasy Zone Podcast, and would love to uh, maybe even get you in on the show. So That'd be great. Fantasy Zone Podcast at gmail.com. Is that correct? Yep, that's it. Sounds good. I we think, think we can wrap this up. Yep, we appreciate you listening, and um, we will uh, we'll catch you next time here at Fantasy Zone, Fantasy Zone Podcast. Bye-bye. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com.